Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 2 Samuel, chapter 1. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. Remember I told you that the Amalekites... If you don't have this written down, you must write this down. The Amalekites represent the flesh. They represent the flesh. We talked about it. If you don't kill the flesh, the flesh will kill you. If you don't destroy the flesh, the flesh will destroy you. Romans tells us mortify the deeds of the flesh. Over and over in scripture, we're told to mortify the deeds. Not reform it. Don't rehab it. Don't help it. Kill it. Mortify the deeds of the flesh. The Bible is very clear about that. So this act of disobedience by Saul happened 25 years before this chapter. The other possibility is the man is lying, which seems to be the case. I don't think that he knows David isn't real cool with the Malachites these days. Somebody say amen. So he tells David when he got to the battlefield, He saw Saul, which actually wasn't hard to do because there was not many seven-footers on the battlefield those days. Saul was seven feet tall. You know that. Good-looking seven feet tall. You can find him laying around everywhere. So easiest spot. He says, I couldn't live, so I finished him off. He couldn't live, so I finished him off and bought the crown to you. The only problem with this man's story is 1 Samuel 31, 5 that tells us when the armor bearers saw that Saul was what, saints? Dead. Those are two different stories. When he saw that Saul was dead, that he fell on his sword and died. Now, chapter 31, look at verse 6 in 1 Samuel. Saul and his three sons and his armor bearer died the same day. And one more thing. Go with me to 2 Samuel In chapter 4. Look at chapter 4. Okay, I'm just trying to put these possibilities out there for you. And you can choose whichever you want. I'm not going to argue about it, so don't ask me after service. 2 Samuel chapter 4, and then look at verse 10. When someone told me, saying, look, this is David writing. When someone told me, saying, look, Saul is dead, thinking to have bought good news, I arrested him and had him executed in Ziklag, talking about this situation, the one who thought I would give him a reward for his news. So you've got two different stories. One story, Saul killed himself because he knew he wouldn't survive on the battlefield. The other story, the Amalekite killed Saul and realized Saul wouldn't survive. Here's what I believe. I believe the word of God. The word of God is not the man's story. Y'all picking up what I'm putting down? 
The word of God is not the man's story. The man's story is the word of God telling us what happened. That's not the, that's not the word of God. It's just telling us recording what happened and what he said. But it's not God's word. First Samuel 31, 4 tells us, which is God's word, that Saul fell on the sword on the battlefield and died. Then, obviously, before the Philistines got there, the Amalekite gets to Saul, takes the bracelet and the crown, brings it to David, expecting David would be happy about it. But the reaction from David was different than the man expected. So simply, I believe the Amalekite is lying to David. So then the question, why? Why would he do that? Because, here's why I think. Because he knew Saul and David were enemies. Everybody knew that Saul and David were enemies. 1 Samuel 25 through 27, David went to Gath and stayed with Achish, and all the Philistine countries knew Saul and David were enemies. Chapter 25, don't you remember? In verse 10, uh, um, um, Abigail and Nabal. Nabal, remember Nabal, name means fool. Nabal insinuated that David was running away from Saul. Abigail and Nabal knew Saul and David were enemies, and they lived all the way down as far as the Sinai Peninsula, the Bible tells us. So this Amalekite believed that there was bad blood between Saul and David. He knew Saul despised David and made his life a living hell. Saul tried to kill David several times. You know that. Saul took David from his family, his home, his career, security. Saul persecuted David without a reason. David lost everything because of Saul. He, he, he was run out of the country because of Saul. Public enemy number one because of Saul. David had been running from Saul for more than 10 years of his life. And yet now David mourns over Saul and Jonathan. And look at verse 11. It tells us that David took his clothes and tore them, and so did all the men. Then you would think David would have rejoiced. Because, I mean, let's get real. Let's keep it honest. Keep it 100. If somebody does you wrong, and they've been doing you dirty for 10 years, talk about you on Facebook, <laughs> blowing you up, on Instagram and, and, they've been, and then you hear something happen to him. the natural inclination of the flesh I tell the truth you in church the natural inclination of the flesh is good they got a taste of their own medicine that's the natural human response and that's why Solomon tells us Solomon who is the wisest man on the earth says don't be that way. Proverbs 27, 7, 24, 17. Do not rejoice when your enemies fall. And don't let your heart be glad when he stumbles. Proverbs 17, 5. He who mocks the poor reproaches his maker. And he who is glad at the calamity will not go unpunished. You see, Solomon, the wisest man on the earth, says don't do that. Well, they mourned and they wept. Look at verse 12. And they fasted until evening for Saul and Jonathan and the people of Israel who were killed. And I believe it's right here that David's heart is shaping to become the king that he had been anointed to become. Because notice, David had no bitterness towards Saul. 
Understand David had every right to be bitter towards Saul. And actually, I think it's pretty amazing. Let me add this here. I think it's pretty amazing that David didn't hold bitterness towards Saul. I told you a long time ago, did I not? That bitterness is a silent killer. Hebrews chapter 12, 15, looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any, what? Uh Uh-huh. Root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by many become defiled. The word bitterness, leave that verse there for a second, please. The word bitterness, write this down, comes from the word meaning sticky. Because what initially makes you angry grows into resentment and it sticks to you until it entwines around your heart. And once it sticks, it's like trying to get gum out of the carpet. And that's why the Bible tells us don't let a root of bitterness spring up. A root grows downward and deep and then latches on to anything that it can to gain stability. And then that root will hold on till it chokes the life right out of you emotionally and spiritually. Can I tell you something about bitterness, hatred and unforgiveness? These things are chosen. They are not imposed on us. You choose to be bitter. You choose to be hateful. You choose to be unforgiving. These things are not imposed on us. Love is imposed on us. Spirit of God causes us to love. Grace is imposed on us. The Spirit of God causes grace to come upon us and be gracious toward one another. But bitterness is not imposed on us. Hatred is not imposed on us. You don't have to hate somebody. And you don't have to hold bitterness. As a matter of fact, the Bible tells us don't do it. Now, when the Bible tells you don't do something, that means don't do it. I'm being deep tonight. Y'all know, I'm, y'all know that's deep. Don't do it. Don't do it means don't do it. And don't do it means you don't do it. It doesn't mean pray about it. Think about that. No, it doesn't mean pray about it. Christians, y'all, not y'all, us. We kill me. Well, I'm praying about it. Well, you know, I'm praying the Lord would help me to not be bitter and the Lord would help me to not be hateful and the Lord would help me to be forgiving. I'm praying about it. That's not something you need to pray about. I'm not kidding you. You do not need to pray about that. If you have bitterness, then you need to do something to get rid of it. Because it is entwining around your heart. And every day you allow that bitterness to remain there, it chokes more and more and more to the point where you absolutely can't even stand the sight of that person. And many times they ain't doing nothing to you. Satan can play with this. Don't you know the mind is a battleground, not a playground? Say so ain't do nothing to you. But Satan tries to make it look like it, and he makes more than is necessary. And then we go into prayer mode about bitterness. Y'all say amen. Uh-huh. 
We go into prayer mode about bitterness. Oh, help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus, not to be bitter. Jesus, I don't want to be bitter. Well, then don't. Go to your brother, Matthew 18. Do what the Bible says. I guarantee bitterness go away just like that. Y'all ain't hearing me. Let's move on. That's, I guess that's the subject y'all want to talk about, all right? Look at verse 13 through 16. Oh, we're, ooh, look at the time. Verse 13 through 16, David asked where you're from. He said, I'm the son of an alien, a foreigner, an Amalekite. He's probably thinking David is about to give him some reward. I think this man is thinking David's about to give him a gift. He thought he was going to get something nice. He probably said, man, I'm, I'm getting, I'm finna get something nice. I'm finna get, I'm finna, I'm finna get Lexus. I'm, I'm gonna get, I'm, I'm gonna get me, I'm gonna get a chariot with some rims. I'm, 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 I'm finna get some bling bling. He finna ice my wrist up. It's gonna be icy cold when I walk out of here. That's what he thought. I'm sure. I'm sure. As a matter of fact, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm not sure the Bible says that. We just read, did we, did we just read that? That was just me. Uh huh. Chapter four. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, look, look at yeah, verse 10. We just said David David said he thought I was gonna give him something. <laughs> David said, the man thought he was gonna get something. Well, then in verse 14, David said, In fact, you killed the king. And how is it that you were not afraid? This is a, an amazing statement. How is it that you were not afraid to touch the Lord's anointed? David told this one of his men, go over there and kill him. So he thought he was going to get blinged out. Instead, he got snuffed out. <laughs> I'm sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but it's kind, it's kind of funny. David had many opportunities to kill Saul. You know that. David understood something that people don't get today. You know what that is, saints? Authority. David understood that God put Saul on the throne. It was God's job to take Saul off the throne, not David's. And any man of God, period, if you disagree and is that, and it's becoming a root of bitterness, then go talk to him. And if you can't get it resolved, you need to find another church. But don't let a root of bitterness continue. And for God's sake, for the love of God and for your own spiritual health, do not touch God's anointed. If God put a man there, he could be wrong. You could be right. I'm not saying you're wrong. You're probably all right. You probably are right. But that's for God to correct him, not you. You ain't God. Who told you you were in charge of Christendom. Amen. Nobody. You're not. I'm not. So when you touch God's anointed, well, now you're getting in the middle of God's thing. David understood, look, Saul has done me wrong, but it's not for me to touch him. David clearly understood that. Parents, listen, teach your children about authority. And take them a long way in life. 
David said in verse 16, look at it. Your blood is on your own head because you said it yourself. You testified against yourself. I killed the Lord's anointed. And then in verse 17, David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and Jonathan, his son. David, listen, was sad. And he wrote a song called the Song of the Bow. In verse 18, it tells us this song is written in the book of Jasher. The book of Jasher is also mentioned in Joshua chapter 10. The book of Jasher is a collection of early Hebrew poetry. And again, one of the many things I think we can learn from reading the song of the bow is that David had no bitterness towards Saul. He didn't kill Saul with the sword and he didn't kill Saul in his heart. Did y'all pick that up? He didn't kill him with the sword, and he didn't kill him with his heart. Look at verse 19. The beauty of Israel is slain on the high places. David says the beauty of Israel, he's talking about Saul. He saw Saul. This is so hard to say. He saw Saul as beautiful. I don't know where, where, where are these kind of people at. Where, where, do you, where, do you, where do people like David come from? Except that God is working such a deep work in your heart and, and changing you and molding you and making you the man after his own heart. Because for him to go to the, it's not like Saul was a good guy. Let's not be too hard on him. You know, when you do like a funeral, I officiate a funeral and, you know, maybe the guy who passed away was not a nice guy. And you struggle to find nice things to say but you but you do because it's appropriate and David you know you don't get the feeling that he's struggling to find nice things to say this song of the bow feels like his heart does it not it feels like his heart the beauty of Israel is slain I think in some weird way David understood Saul I'm sure they had um, some fun times and I'm sure, you know, they weren't always throwing javelins for support, <laughs> Try, kill, trying to kill David. I mean, I don't think that that was always the case. I think maybe they had some fun times together. But David actually loved Saul, and he didn't want anybody to rejoice over his death. He wanted everybody. We just read it, did we not? He wanted everybody to mourn, and even the mountains and the fields to mourn. David wanted all of Israel to look at the good that Saul had done. And again, this shows us that David kept his heart free from bitterness. And the way to keep your heart, or the way he kept his heart bitter free, was to trust God. David trusted God to deal with Saul. David understood what the enemy means for evil, God means for good. I can tell you in my own, my own personal life, in 20 years of ministry, there have been many, 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 did I say many people who have come against me. I am not sitting here wound free. You can't, you can't be in ministry and not, not have battle scars after 20 years. Wounded, battle scars, healed. Some still healing, be honest with you. Some still healing. But I know, I know this. God called me here. I know this, and I will be lying to tell you anything different. God told me to come here. 
And with that, I know that anything, I say it in, in, in boasting in the Lord, anything or anyone that comes against me, God is for me because he called me. And, and I don't have to worry about these things. God takes care of all of those things, and he always has. I could not be here after 20 years. You, you can't because the devil doesn't want God's ministry to, to, to last. Get here on Sunday. I'm going to give you some shocking statistics. I couldn't give them to you last week because I talked too much about money. But, but uh, <laughs> I'm going to give you some shocking statistics Sunday concerning men People, pastors, preachers in ministry. Shocking. And, and you, I, could not continue in ministry if it were not for the Lord. The devil knows that. David knew that. God turns every situation around for good to those who love him. Verse 19. Can you clap your hands like you mean it? Can you do that? Verse 19, notice verse 19, how I'm coming in for landing. How have the mighty fallen? The mighty saw fallen. We see that three times in the song of the boat. Did you pick it up? Verse 19, verse 25, verse 27. Listen, David knows how the mighty have fallen. He knows, but he doesn't want to say it. Saul fell long before Saul fell on the sword. I'm going to say that again in case you were asleep. Saul fell long before Saul fell on the sword. David knows exactly how the mighty have fallen. He fell when he hardened his heart against God. He fell when he disobeyed the word of God and the prophet of God. He fell when he came against the man after God's own heart. The Bible says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. When Saul fell on Mount Gilboa, that was a sad conclusion to his fall, Ling, for many, many years before that. Look at verse 26 in chapter 1. I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. You have been very pleasant to me. Jonathan had a deep, deep friendship with David, as I said. Few people ever find this depth of friendship Not only friends, but they served God together in ministry. They had a deep, deep godly love and relationship with each other. And so, even in Saul's death, David doesn't say, you know what, good, good riddance. Glad he's not here to bug me anymore. I don't have to run around anymore and try not to kill this guy. Uh, Great. David says, he actually makes Saul seem like a nice guy in the song of the bow. He put bracelets and ornaments on you. Did y'all read that? He clothed you with scarlet. Scarlet was expensive in those days. With luxury, verse 24, with ornaments on gold, he put on you apparel and and, and, and he he just wanted Israel to, 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 to Respect Saul in his death. Let there be no dew or rain upon you and nor fields of 
offerings for the shield of the mighty cast away the shield of Saul not anointed with oil from the blood of the stain from the fat of the mighty the bow of Jonathan did not turn back and the Saul sword of Saul did not return empty this is beautiful speaking of Saul in his death and again I think the reason I titled the book, The Rise of the King, because here David begins to rise as that king that God called him to be. Is he perfect? No. We're going to see that. Is he going to fall? Really bad. We're going to see that. But is he a man after God's own heart? Absolutely. Why? Because he was a man of repentance. God always hears us when we repent. Am I right about it? Come on, clap your hands and say amen. Will you do that? You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.